I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG Boys. Boys, that little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. We have a dear friend of ours who's with us on the show right now, and we knew we had to record something with him. We always kind of knew that he had to be on the show at some point. He insists he's a fan. <laughs> Isaac Tung! Isaac Stop laughing. Tung! Yeah, look at his cheeky face. You know that he has not listened to any his of our episodes. I have. So I have red. Okay, right Maybe now. not recently, but I have. <laughs> it still counts. OG okay. fan, OG fan. Really? Let's test him. So what is your favourite episode, and what was the, your favourite line from the episode? Go, quickly. I don't remember the line, but there was a episode where you talked about the sugar babes and that was good well thank you sugar vibes yeah. okay you made me happy you <laughs> pass pass right? you just rushed down from a walk not any other walk here in Singapore there's something yeah. special about this one isn't right. it it's organised by you yeah so I do an inclusivity walking tour which is basically a very nice way of just saying that it's a tour about LGBTQ history yeah it's, it's framed that way so that it's more palatable for the general public queer walk a sissy that walked through our city and and i'm curious because uh, <laughs> you try josh try like i love it <laughs> keep going keep going don't stop I, I mean, like i i'm i'm kind of guessing that this walk is mostly in tanjung Paga area right yes it is <laughs> and you know what really? <laughs> not, not marriage <laughs> which is very close to where we are recording by the way hello the Marichi gays need some love as well yeah but to throw the question about the Sam Joe what was your favourite line from the tour oh the tour oh you've been for yeah. one of his gay supporting gays right mm. so we have to do that um, but yeah I mean essentially I wanted a free drink at the end by the way yeah the tour comes with a, it's inclusive of a special cocktail of course otherwise it wouldn't be end. a queer event yeah. <laughs> it didn't come it with a free up, drink it, the tour culminates he takes us through like a lot of like dark dingy alleys Ooh. literally which used to be places where people had to cruise and everything and are you serious? yeah, yeah. and yeah. then Sam Joe is familiar with every one of them <laughs> so I've been here yeah, but this is not about me this is about the tour it's so like Sam Joe's like walking through and you hear <laughs> Kit Chan's home in the background yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I hear the sugar babes in the background <laughs> one segment of the tour that I really liked was when we stopped at this really nondescript section of People's Park Okay. Right, where you know how they have like those big MP boards, right, to tell you who your grassroots leaders are. Yes, for that everything. area. Yeah. yeah. Who your MPs are, like, know your MPs, just in case you forgot who you voted for. But anyway, or did not vote for. Um, and he stops us in front of them, he goes, like, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. Some sweet women might have been lesbian. <laughs> I love it. That was my biggest takeaway. I'm sorry, can you, from repeat, the entire could you tour. repeat that? Isaac, but, how about you say it since you actually do say it? Yeah. Okay, imagine we're right now on this walk with you. Historically speaking, this place used to house some sweet women. Of which there was evidence of lesbian relationships that arose within these Samsui women communities. We know a lot about like, you know, Samsui women and how they really contributed to nation building. But in the past, like they built a lot of like, they really carried heavy, heavy breaks. And without them, we wouldn't have the Singapore that yeah. we have today, right? We really owe a lot of that, that blood, sweat and tears to build Singapore. I remember meeting one of them as a journalist back in the day also and she was just cute the cutest little lady like you know a little, little cute plump raisin as a child growing up you learn about them in social studies and everything and you know how you're supposed to appreciate them yeah but you don't really get taught like you know the queer side of things and of course. so I feel like 
as an adult, like revisiting something that's so familiar with like our um, childhood growing up in terms of the education that we, re- we received and everything. It's so interesting to know that actually there's always a queer lens um, by which you can look at everything in life. Which honestly. we have not been able to, right? Yeah. I mean, queer people are here. We have always been here. So we study history and so much of history. Uh, we have not seen a lot of queer people represented there. And speaking of representation, actually, Isaac, you're here uh, for another sort of layer to this as well. You're the festival director of Short Circuit. Short Circuit is Singapore's first and only short film queer festival. For the seventh edition, it's going to be a compilation of 11 short films um, from local directors, LGBTQ voices, but with a focus on the LBTQ side of things. Ah, yeah, because okay. Lord knows we have a lot of G voices already in you know in queer media. I think people will enjoy it because there's also things like animation, things like voiceover with montages, and then there are some who have been in the film scene for a while. Um, and actually they're quite renowned, like to the point that when I had friends who you know saw the lineup, they're like, okay, I know this guy, I know this person. Uh, but we also have younger ones who I believe some of them are in school. Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on you and the rest of your team, right? It's a huge baton that you have taken over in a sense. Like, you know, six years, big names like Bujun Fong and Alphen Sai you're taking over from. Like uh, and I'm saying this now with the team in the room. I mean this actually they're, they're more they're more than this in the team. Um I didn't know any of them. So obviously when we first be- began, like we we didn't know each other's like skills, capabilities, what we could do. Um over time I think everyone has really just stepped up to the plate and done the shit they needed to do. Um and many times really impressed. Um yeah. So I mean like for example the marketing team, I didn't you know, they just know what to do. They get the vibes of everything. They just do the, the the postings and they get the content out. I think everything is actually very well done. So I didn't ever have to worry about, um, you know, filling big shoes. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think Elfin has actually given his compliments on the fact that we managed to sell out two screenings. So for context, um, SC6, 1 to 6 has always been a short um substation and this is usually about capacity of 100 to 150 maybe and now we're doing like two seatings about 200 each nice. so that's kind of like double or more than that and where's the location yeah. again it's at the projector uh, and yeah. where can we get tickets at the projector's website itself okay so we just kind of look for a short circuit right what do you do for a full-time gig by the way i'm curious i mean creative work <coughs> sorry what no, i choked on my water <coughs> i'm not i'm not being shady <laughs> <laughs> no, <coughs> but as creative a, is a you know it's a very broad adjective. Let's just yep continue. <laughs> I don't know what this How is funny. creative it this is, work is. I, I'm primarily business development and creative work. Okay, so it kind of brings me to my point, right? You could have kind of like done your thing on the side and then hang out with Sam Joe, go and party, and that's it, and kind of like live separate away from activism work but there's a very conscious decision on your part to look at queer history or representation in the case of these short films uh, and wanting to engage with the community there's a very conscious effort for you to want to put yourself out there to do this right because even for the queer walks you know i i mean obviously it's it's such a, a brilliant plan and i think it'll be very very insightful for our community but it's also putting yourselves at risk you're in public in a group, I believe there must have been like a quiet moment with yourself that made you want to do this. I got tired of partying. There's also so much to do in Singapore. I think most of us kind of set set ourselves into a routine. And my routine back then was just working nine to five, uh, Monday to Friday, and then Friday night, Saturday night, go to the clubs, the bars, and then have drinks, and then 
rinse and repeat. And after a while, it's it's nice. I mean, I'm not discounting the, f- the fact that you make many friends and you have good experiences. But after a while, I just kind of felt that, you know, there needs to be more than this and more productive. Yeah, not productive in a monetary sense all the time, but just productive in a sense that if you can help people or you can do more, then why not just do it? Because it's just more meaningful. No, I I, I mean, I like that and I respect that for sure. I mean, we're doing something with this podcast as well, right? But I mean, I I was asked this recently as well. Why bother? You know, and and when it comes to sort of the queer walk, when it comes to the film festival, even sometimes within our own queer community, we ask like, why bother doing that? Someone else will do it or let someone else who has the knowledge or the resources or a ton of money, let them do it. Why put yourself at risk? Why put yourself out there? I don't think many people would do it. The chances of that happening and the frequency of that happening is not as often as we think, you know. If not, there'll be a lot of countless um, other like queer organizations helping the community. There are many, but it's not like they're bountiful, you know, to the point that you can't count them in one hand. The funny thing is that you have so many bars and clubs, Mm. queer bars and clubs, which, and you can, you know them by heart, but when you really think about other things to do related to queer activity. Healthy social activities, right? Yeah, it's not it's not always there. And then you, especially during the tours, is that you have a community of queers who don't always just go to the bars and clubs, you know? And some of them, they don't like it. They feel uncomfortable with it. Or some of them, to the point that they hate it. Um, but then there's nothing much else for them to do, you know, aside from engaging in like sports activities with different groups. But they, sometimes they just want to do something more than that. Mm. Um, and why not just create experiences for people who want to do this kind of thing? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they want activities that are, you know, not in the dark. Like, no, it's, it's true. Because right? a lot of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe that is the... Um, LGBT lifestyle that I have gravitated towards but a lot of it is nightlife is what I'm trying to say right but what about what if you want to see each other in the day and just want to kiki over coffee no yeah I, I think we've highlighted like, like out in SG and how like yeah, you know, yeah. I think to, to sort of Isaac's point I, I think we would have benefited from that early on oh yeah such walks existed at the start, you learn about history a lot of us still at this age 30s, 40s we don't know our queer history um, and so it's nice that this exists now. In the case of Short Film Festival, I came from a film background. I went to film school and I wouldn't dare touch on these themes when I was 19 or 20, which was not that long ago. In school, no one kind of did these topics. They were taboo, but not just in film school, just in culture. You would never do this in Singapore. So the fact that you have, I mean, the fact that it's the first, right? Short film, but queer short film festival here in Singapore, it's a long time coming. We would have benefited from that. If I was back in film school at 20 years old, knowing that this was an avenue where I could express myself, things things that I was already going through and I was fascinated by, but I didn't have to sort of censor it or change the narrative to fit sort of a heteronormative. I, I, I shouted think how I would how it would have ended up Josh you and I are around the same age yeah. and you know we took a took our time a while took a while yeah. to like you know get comfortable with things and everything about sexuality Isaac's actually my age um, interestingly enough um, I know the concealer has he has a very good concealer very Actually, good job I gotta say like so right now the, the three of us that are yeah. at this table and, and the, the guests that we'll be having on really soon there'll be a huge um, Each <laughs> it'll be a very steep drop. Yeah, it'll be like you know. Boop. So we kind of yeah. like briefed um, uh, Pearl and and Daryl that you know we're gonna let the adults talk first, you know, <laughs> and then they will bring the kids in. Uh, but uh, I think it'll be very exciting once they come on as well. But yeah, yeah. the three of us were in our thirties. But you were in our thirties. But when you were their age, when you were younger, you came out like quite 
early, right? And you started doing a lot of like community stuff. I think you're pointing to Young Out Here. I was actually a participant in Young Out Here. It may have evolved because I'm no longer young. <laughs> I am out here, but... Still um, young out here. <laughs> but um, essentially what it was back then, it was a support group for youths who were dealing with um, their identity. So it didn't matter if you were mm. queer, gay, lesbian... Uh, non-binary, bisexual, what, what have you. Yeah, it's just a, a support group. Um, and how I got involved was basically that the person in charge asked me to help to do some design work. And then after doing the design work, it was like, hey, why don't you just join the group since you know you are in that age okay. range. And so that's how I got involved. Hashtag creative work. Isaac, how would you introduce your team that's going to be joining us on the show right now? They, they hold their own. They think they're really talented, um, independent, and I'm really impressed with their, their work and everything they've done. You would think that most groups of people coming together to work uh, would conflict a lot because of varying like expectations and opinions, but I don't think we've conflicted. It's been yeah. a breeze so far working with this team. It's been very easy, actually. Uh, everyone just again that's their own thing um, and we all trust each other I think that's the main thing we all trust each other to, to do whatever it is they need to do give it up for Pearl and Daryl live studio audience hello applause <laughs> Daryl how yes. would you introduce yourself because I know you're you're, um, you're someone like me you love movies mm. right mostly programming and maybe filmmaking here and there just really because I don't want to be in school school is just really boring yeah so you want to distract yourself as much as you can yeah so when this opportunity came I was like okay sure I'll just do programming yeah why not yeah, so your role in Short Circuit itself is the programming aspect of it right yes. so you're curating Hello. the films yeah. people are program director okay excuse okay, me so officially we have titles okay. but um, actually we don't really work with titles we don't come in knowing that oh this is what we're gonna do I think it was a very collaborative communal kind of um, work actually on top of being program director at Short Circuit 7 you're also part of the programming team at the Singapore International Film Festival and Singapore Film Fe uh, and Singapore Film Society also the festival director at the Perspectives Film Festival it's a lot of film yeah mm, extracurricular film that you are I mean, like, into you just love your film don't you I, I am a nerd. To go from film nerd to actually being, you know, holding that kind of authority in these like, SIFF, come on, right? That's that's not easy to get into. I just wrote in, I was like, hi, do you guys need people to work? Um, I'm down for this. And I do like, yeah, we need people. So they were like, yeah, just do it. It feels the emptiness inside, you know, doing all this work. No, right? Because if you don't ask, how would you, Yeah. how would the opportunities even arise? Right? Fight if you for don't opportunities. Go exactly. Because yeah. a lot of, I have a lot of, um, Young students ask me also, like, oh, how do you get into this or that? Like, I'm ask. like, actually, sometimes you have to take the initiative mm. and, and like it says in Daryl's bio, Daryl is always on the lookout for collaborations. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want work and money and whatever. Yeah. And, and Pearl, how would you introduce Pearl's beautiful name? Thank you. Yeah, but it's your uh, nickname, right? Yeah, Not your actual name. So my, I'm Burmese, so my name is Pumiat Cher. Uh, it's pronounced that way and I am an arts worker. I work on a lot of arts projects um, and also outside of my 9 to 5 job which is also in the arts, I do activism work and also fun projects like this with my friends. I want to talk about sort of representation and, and how it's important to your generation. Even looking at films itself, we don't see that kind of like lesbian, we always see like the G word mostly mm. in films. So. This film festival, for example, brings out the idea of like um, the LBQ 
and also tea. Um, we bring that out more and also coming from minority voices. I think that's really important to flesh out in because we did like an open call thing. So we get all of these young queer voices that are also minority voices and it's something new that we're doing mm-hmm. um, that the young guard, <laughs> the, the new team is planning to like showcase that more in the film festival. And if you were to sort of like reflect it on your personal journey. Mm -hmm. Coming out for me was like, it was a very weird thing because like I was from a girl's school and we had that like very queer young love. And then there's one of the films in the festival that I really relate to and I cried the first time I watched it because it it has that girl's school drama, like love drama, very innocent, very pure. And like I just teared up thinking about like my first love in a girl's school. It was so relatable and like that idea of like having that representation on film film i think younger me would have been so grateful if i saw that on the big screen so even in your 20s you're feeling like that fascinating yeah because when i was younger there wasn't much like lesbian dramas or films it was mostly like from thailand that i my first queer film that i watched was this um thai lesbian love drama called yes or no (laughs) it was by a very hot butch and like (laughs) (laughs) and like a very fan like now we see like more diverse kind of representation of film especially like wlw films Sam, i think what, what this also then shows us is that you know because we look at them like they're already young so if she's saying Isn't that they're still young yeah so if they're saying that hey we would have benefited from this if we when we were younger that means there's also been that need for these films to have been there in their yeah. life when they were even younger yeah i think i think it's also like you know something maybe sometimes like even for the younger generation you may have grown up in um uh, what do you call it an environment or like an ecosystem where there are resources and there is more representation compared to say our time yeah for instance right but having access to all these resources is a, is a completely different thing right yeah. depending on like where you grew up like you know what your school teaches you or deliberately doesn't teach you or like you know or maybe even like how you were raised right and maybe your family you know refuses to acknowledge certain aspects of basically your identity and, yeah. and how do you reconcile that I feel like that's why a lot of us, I don't know, but that's the effect that a lot of um, queer Taiwanese films have on me because mm-hmm. I, you know, I have that connection to, firstly, linguistically, I have that connection. And secondly, it's kind of like, it's not a language where I was taught to express myself sexually in that sense growing up. And a lot of these Taiwanese films, I say Taiwanese specifically because they always, more often than not, they're set in a school. Mm. Yeah. And it's a very coming of age, like puppy love, kind of what Pearl mentioned mm-hmm. when you talk about like, you know, being in a girl's school and everything. So I feel like there is always the inner child in all of us that searches for, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda's of Mm-mm. yesteryear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. How important are the nuances to representation? Pearl, you're essentially saying, you know, like it's the the kind of queer content that's featured in this film festival are also, so it, it goes into areas that maybe it's not the call me by your name. Mm. You know, it's not maybe, and Moonlight, for example, is also huge because it was a very different kind of gay film. And when it comes to like queer content now, it's a lot more diverse. We are branching out a lot more um, and we are exploring all these different nuances. Um, so I'm just curious how important these nuances are to you that you do see someone of your same skin color of your body type so how important is that yeah i would like to ask a film expert here daryl it's something to bear in mind which is if you don't see representation that you really want and you deserve i think it's the place where we create space 
that such representation can then exist. As identities get more complex and we get more nuanced, um, this it gets more intersectional as well, which is why we need to always encourage spaces to exist for different groups, different communities, different individuals. I think that's the most important part in any kind of art, any kind yeah. of spaces. I, I remember I interviewed Billy Eichner mm. for Bros, and the film, while it was sort of the first big mainstream backed by a major studio queer film, they also face a lot of flat and criticism from the from the community. It's like why are the protagonists a certain way? Mm. There's almost like the the queer movie stereotype, mm. and this film is also following that. You know, mm. and, and I did bring that up to him, and he said like I recognize that, and we try to in our own way mm. represent as much as we can. But it begins with this, and then it continues on through the rest. Yeah, right. So it's never just one film holding the torch. You know, kind of yeah. a catch all. Yeah, because yeah. I, I find myself also right now, I think, Samjo, you'll feel the same way as well. Like a lot of the films that we found representation in or that we really like um, felt an affinity to, like for me, it's Call Me By Your Name, um, that I'm now also kind of like, I'm also like, it hasn't really aged very well, but mm. I'm also protective of it because I'm remembering how important that film was to me, regardless mm. of Ami Hammer's personal life or Timothy Chalamet and, and his sexuality. Mm. Um, I think Heartstopper is another one of those situations where like we really needed them to be queer, but the, mm. do, you don't, do you really need them to be queer in real life mm. in order for them to, to be able to, to tell a story and have it resonate with you? Mm. Okay, Samjo, yeah. the first big gay movie you watched was? Probably Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Uh, and it was something that, I think we talked about this in previous episodes also. We couldn't go to the cinema to watch it. Like, I don't, I'm not even sure if it was screening here. Like, it had to be stealthily procured, right? And then me and my friends had a sleepover, like, watching it because we were curious. And I didn't understand at first what they were doing in the tent. I had no idea. I was like, wait, why is he spitting on his hand? I don't understand. I don't know these things. Because I was that innocent, right? So it was very coming of age. But... If you ask me, like, did I feel very represented? Not necessarily. Like, I don't see myself being a cow- cowboy anytime soon, unless it's for... Not even for Halloween, no. Because, like, that's just, like, you know, so basic, right? It's very few and far between when you have a film where you can really agree with everything in the film, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, there will definitely be something you find fault with or something that goes like, oh, that doesn't really, you know, I don't. it doesn't really gel with my reality in that sense. And I think that that was the issue with um, films like Brokeback Mountain for me they were not people who did the things that I did like I don't I still don't know how to ride a horse you know what I'm trying to say so but there was know, something I would love in to there, but there was learn. something in there right yeah there was something in there it was kind of like almost like chipping away at, at the surface you yeah know? but I still credit that film for you know opening me up my consciousness up to like a lot of things which I'm now more familiar with like spitting yeah I, I i agree with what you're saying daryl you know and i think that's where we are currently in the discussion of how much can we represent or see ourselves in uh in these characters and and beyond lgbt i mean disney's been doing that with their live action adaptations for example right so they're trying as much as as possible to to represent as many uh different groups as possible but i i'm, I'm just coming in with with the alternative view of we find like certain traits or attributes in other characters and we, we find an affinity and, and, and we, we feel a closeness towards them. And, and sometimes it doesn't need to be fully, fully represented all the way through because otherwise we'll always find something to nitpick mm. on is what I'm saying. You know, and we true. don't have to like fight against it. Mm. You know, I was, ha- I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who um, does not watch BL series, for example, because it's always a specific type of body build, but specific type of skin color. A specific, it, it, there's almost a stereotype to it, but I also don't want them 
tend to hate on it because that is representative of some people as well. And it's also a big population of people that mean something. This Thai BL will mean something to Thai people as well. It may not be for you, but it will mean something to them. So we shouldn't knock it. And just because it doesn't speak to me does not mean it can't speak to someone else. Mm. That's why I'm saying, mm. you know, and, and if we actually kind of look closely, we will find what matters mm. to connect us all. Mm. By the way, at this point, I wanted to point out something very cute about both of them. Like, firstly, they come in here looking so adorable. Yes. Like, Pearl is dressed like... Can we talk about Pearl's shirt? This is... It's giving... Describe, describe. Um, she's, she, she looks like a tour guide in the best way possible. <laughs> the best way possible. I could actually take over eyes. You could take... Yes, yes. please. I she's mean, wearing all the colours. All the colours of the rainbow, but it's, it has a green base, which I love. It's very earth in nature. That's right. She's got an emerald LG theme LG. going on. Moment going on. Which we love. With the nutritious. Hello. Green eyeshadow yes. with the purple specs glasses. Septum <laughs> piercing her earrings. Yeah. And even talking about purple and green, there's a purple and green alien pendant it's that a, you have. It's a QP baby. Is there a name for this baby? Yeah, it's. I give it, it's a Dragon Ball Z QP baby. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. It's nice to know Dragon Ball Z is still alive in their generation. Oh, it's Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't recognize and then Daryl, yeah, so cute. Daryl, you're wearing a T-shirt that gives you away. It says cruising, cruising, <laughs> cruising, cruising um, the Caribbean, all of the Caribbean. Yeah, um, my partner chose it for me because I don't really like to pick clothes. You guys know I always wear the same shirt, my school shirts. So I was very lazy today. I was just like, you just pick something out for me. Who's yeah. your partner? Is your partner Yetu? No. <laughs> What? Yetu, by the way, another of their teammates um, who is laughing in the audience. Why are you? Oh, he's not laughing. He's choking. Okay, Can please don't be rude. Daryl is right here. Daryl is right here. Okay, no. Okay. Off the record. Yeah. Shout out to your partner. Yeah. Let's not be shy because, like, yeah, in terms of partners, like, you know, we've had lots of Josh's ex partners on the show before. So it is free game, is what I'm saying. It's a, it's a fun sesh we're having. Um, Speaking of fun, Daryl also has a nice little cute notebook in front of him. This is he the first time that someone scribbling. is taking notes yeah. during our podcast. No, the ADHD just gets everywhere and the thoughts are everywhere. Just need to like put it down before right. I like lose track of things. Right, maybe I should do that. Then yeah. I won't like I won't we won't cause Josh so much grief during post production. Uh, but no, thank you for taking this so seriously. I just like I love it. Like you remind me of that scene from The Face where Naomi is telling her, Naomi Campbell, right? You know. Telling her models. They don't know. Giving Who's them, Naomi giving, Campbell, Sam Joe. You don't Who's know? that? I think it's a different generation. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. No, what? I, I know Neil. D- did you, did you oh just hear that? Hear that, dear listener? This is a queer human, okay, who just asked us the audacity, the goal, the gumption. Uh, who is Naomi Campbell? Cancel me right now. Um, she's basically the founder of Campbell's Soup. You know, the mushroom soup that you <laughs> drank growing up? Are you for real? <laughs> She's the queen. She's the moment. She's diva. Yeah, that explains nothing. <laughs> that's what that's you used to describe. That's everyone. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Naomi Campbell is basically one of the um, Model, um, earlier like, supermodels of the world. Right. Like she was like the, in the. Sam Joe, we will not have time on this podcast. Okay, yeah. Anyway, this. please go. I'll Google. Google her. I apologize. Go Google I'm not her. clear enough. Yeah. But um. Know. <laughs> yeah, but all I'm saying is that anyway. Back to the reference that I was making where she had this modeling reality TV show where she was a coach and mentor and she was trying to give notes to her, you know, mentees and she basically told them to take notes. 
because they were not taking notes. All I'm trying to so say is that. Uh, yes. All I'm trying to say is if Naomi were here in the room right now right. and if right. she sees you taking notes, she would right. be so proud of Thank you. Thank you. I hope you're proud of me. I am Thank proud you. of Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to throw on a question that could be, I don't know, slightly controversial. Um, what do you say to queer people who say they don't watch queer films? And they'll say, it's just not my thing, you know? And that's fine. I'm just kind of curious to know where we are with this, right? And with a short circuit film festival, everyone here should go and participate, support each other, local queer cinema as well. But there are people who are just like, actually, if it's queer film and queer Singapore film that I definitely don't want. Yeah, especially the Singapore part. Because yeah. they're like, oh, it's not Hollywood. Like, why do I even bother? Exactly, right? a great That's point. There's a lot of like, locals hating local Exactly. Like, art. if they see their own like pageant queen, they won't support it. They'll change channel. Yeah. It's what Kuma will always say. Mm. Yeah. Because they feel like, oh, the talent pool here isn't big enough for it to be of, you know, any good. I get you. I mean, like, we think about Singaporean works, not just queer works. But when you think about listening and watching people um, when someone has an accent that's not Singaporean very western we start to give shit mm. to them yeah Joshua yeah, yeah but then Joshua. when they sound like very Singaporean you know like you talk like an abeng or whatever then everyone gives shit to you also I think we're just not very comfortable with identity and I don't think it's just national identity but even a personal identity and when we talk about queer specifically I think maybe we are very uncomfortable ourselves with our own queer identities which makes sense I think we're still figuring things out um, as a community in Singapore and it takes time but I think to say that oh I'm not going to watch this film because it's local because it's maybe not something I'm into I think you're not doing a disservice to the filmmakers I think you're doing a disservice to yourself because I think when we start to recognise that um, what these films are what this content is is really a reflection of us I think that's when you realise that it's a personal stake involved I also think it's not just about queer people having to watch queer films or queer works. I think everybody should should watch queer works. Mm. You know, watch everything out there, watch anything. I think like you said just now, you know, we need to just think of people and connect with them at a human level. It's about how we build empathy. I remember like Heath Ledger giving this when he was still alive, obviously, it was one of the press conferences and the one of the reporters was asking him like, you know, oh, what do you have to say about like you know the flag that oh this is just a gay film and everything and his response was like you know we may be gay characters but um, these are universal experiences mm, yeah. and everyone can relate to these emotions like mm. regardless of your sexuality or like how you identify right yeah. so I thought that was a very good point I totally agree with what Daryl said and it's the same for like film I'm, I'm like a very big music audiophile like mm. I collect vinyl records and everything and it's the same for music like even if you don't understand the language of the mm. songs you're listening to you're still connecting to like the rhythm the rhythm the melody it's different parts that just relates like to connects to you in a, on a very human level like mm. what keeps you moving like what moves you yeah mm. right. so your I want to hear actually what are your favorite films from you know the lineup of 11 I, I, I'm guessing yours is the the, the schoolgirl yeah, one. What the, is it called? Like, it's can you called give a shout Vigil. Out to that film? Uh, mm-hmm. It's by Every Race. Um, they are a very young filmmaker that's still in school, mm-hmm. and they shot this. Uh, no spoilers. It's a very beautiful animation, and it's about girl school love story. Catholic um, CHIJ girls shout out. Oh, yeah. specifically mm-hmm. CHIJ. I, I believe so. Okay. Oh, the animated. uniform, right? Uniform the blue is and white. CHIJ. The, yeah. Oh, the it's animated. Yeah. Oh, fun. So okay. that you get that vibe of like coming of age, being young. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my answer would be Afternoon by Ku Ming. I think I watched it years ago when it came out in 2020. Beautiful. It's just two boys figuring themselves out. And I think it doesn't actually try to define itself as, you know, whether it's 
bisexual or gay, just queer, you know, it's mm. just people figuring things out. And I think that anybody can relate to that. But let's not do a quick shout out. Uh, I think Simon, you, um, Simon. No, it's fine. Joshua, I think you mentioned previously about how back in school you didn't really make queer content. Yeah. I think something that's interesting is that we have a lot of films in Short Circuit that is actually by current students. You know, I think, um, Paul, you brought up Vigil. We have films like SMRTPs, made by a student um, overseas, based abroad. Um, we have films like Playing Pondan, which is a look at queer brown stories. And it wasn't even a film that they did for schoolwork. It was just a film that they wanted to do as a passion project. Mm. Um, we have two students from the South as well, Rani and Crystal, um, who just responded to some prompts of a poem and they made a whole film of it and it's beautiful um, we also have students like Wayne Lim who did a documentary called Unlearning Relearning looking at um, stories of um, queers struggling with their own faith so I think it's really uh, impressive and I think inspiring most of all to see people young people figuring their identities out through the medium of film and I think being at Short Circuit just being there watching these films I think you feel proud to be queer and I think that's what we're going for. Nice. Yeah. And you don't just get to watch the films when you go, right? You There's yeah. a Q&A session with the filmmakers as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, but you don't get all of these filmmakers in like one sitting and like any other places. This is one place where you get all these queer filmmakers or filmmakers about queer stories right. being here. I think that's a really exciting part. Yeah. yeah. So it's interactive. It's 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 a mm. time for even sort of the audience to to be a part of something, engage in conversation um, as well. Once again, can we get the uh, the details of where we can get tickets? Yeah, I know sure. it's a bit hard to get tickets right now. Yeah. So just get tickets on projector.sg. You can find our listing there. We have just few seats left. So if you're listening to this, get it fast because for all you know, it might be sold out. We'll be having booths by the Tea Project and Uga Chaga, which is where the profits will be going to like 100% of the film uh, screening profits will go to Tea Project and Uga Chaga to continue supporting their to their efforts and also we're, we're also bringing in um, queer zine makers in, based in Singapore as well as Ethos Books who, has curate, who have curated a selection of 15 titles by queer authors of queer narratives uh, available for sale at the projector alright Pearl I'd like to know um, going from you're, you're an artist, Pearl. Um, and obviously, this is a collection of art from queer filmmakers, queer stories, and the audience is going to be there. It's going to mean a lot to them as well. But um, if we could also just touch on sort of the um, the importance and the brilliance of creating queer art or, or expressing yourself through film, through music, uh, that decision and how empowering it is to do so. If you could touch on that. As an artist myself, I also add themes of queerness into my own practice like I would touch on like how I felt as a young child and like how the way I present myself the way people see me as a person like I, I touch on those kind of topics in my art itself and I think it's very important to see artists use art as a medium to kind of express themselves you have this sort of outlet to like rent um, that kind of obstacles that you face from the public or the surrounding who might not be so approving of your, you just taking up space. I think it's holding like art as a medium. It holds space for your identity and like being proud of it. Yeah. yeah. For a long time, for a lot of us uh, creators, we'd feel like if we were to talk about sexuality or bring in that, that means no one is going to watch our film or our film is going to be sort of uh, blocked either through censorship or very limited um, opportunities to have it be out there. So I think having a festival such as Short Circuit kind of like cuts through that and says there is a home for the content mm. that you create. 
what matters is to keep fighting for that space. I think the more we emphasize the space that we want, the more the space has to be created for us. You know, we think about um, just recently we had uh, Maren Camel, um, Liu Lo, whose performances were not allowed to continue because of certain queer themes. I think these are ridiculous things that's happening in our society still even with whatever policies that have changed, I think we cannot expect that that is the end of the fight. We have to keep going and keep fighting for this space that I think Poe mentioned. But you know, I think we talk about um, art and creating art. And I mean, as an artist also, I think that we sometimes must remember that art is also activism. Activism is also art. The links between the two are very much tied together. Um, but I think even if you're not very you know, confident of trying to make use of art, of creating art. I think the beautiful thing is to always start with curating. Mm. I think everyone is a curator. You know, think about curating your Spotify playlist or doing something for your friend, a certain zine or whatever. I think that's really where you can start to put together what's out there, to know what is lacking, knowing what's the space that you can put in as an artist maybe in the future. Um, and then from there, use that as a way to find out what's out there in the space, create a space for yourself, create space for others. We could end it right there, but I'm smiling so much right now because I'm just I feel so that I feel so hopeful right. that people like you and Paul are the new generation, so to speak, that is taking us forward. Because you're obviously very passionate, that's a given. But it it's clear that you care a lot, mm. and it's clear that you you know you care about the community as a whole. Mm. I agree. There's so much fire in your voice. I mean, it's more than just sort of like articulate and, right. and outspoken the two of you, but it's more of like there's so much like assurance in your voice, you right. know, yeah. and 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 that desire to like not take the status quo for granted, right? And we just want to chime in because this is a note I wrote really early on back in the previous conversation. You know, we've talked about young, old gays. We've talked about starting young, uh, starting early, starting late, being late bloomers. But actually, when you think about it, um, the fire that you mentioned for Poe, for myself, I think it's really because of the generation that came before. You know, with podcasts like this, with T42, um, even before with Alfia and with um, different creators out there, Jun Feng, Shu Ming, whatever. I think it's because people like you guys, like everybody else came before us. I think it's that the space was created for everybody else. That's why the next generation is here to keep fighting for the next spaces. And that's something to bear in mind. I think there's no such thing as early or late. It's just that at that point in time, this is what there was. And in the future, there'll be more. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, we're on a continuum. And as Naomi Campbell once said, "Good God, we're not a trend. <laughs> we're here to stay." Good for you. <laughs> okay, I know we should have asked this way earlier, but something's been bugging me, like this entire time. Why is the festival called Short Circuit? Like, what is the etymology behind that <laughs> name? Short for short films, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then circuit, film circuit, film circuit. like a. Oh, I thought it was like the gay circuit party thing. Oh, oh the gay circuit. Is it? Really? So it's like a circuit party of short films. Yeah, only because it's a very short circuit, you know, because mm-hmm. like circuits are from night to morning, right? But it's just like two, three hours. So it's a literal short circuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it? Alfian was on the show not long ago. I'm sure we can text Alfian. Yeah, let's figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, because I joined halfway, like the team, and I was trying to figure out why is it called short circuit? And to myself, I think it was, there's this whole philosophical and literary theory about how um, society functions like a circuit, right? This is a system that it's supposed to be. I mean, we're familiar with things like circuit breaker. We use this terminology and um, phrases a oh lot. Oh my god, yeah. the trauma. COVID. The trauma, I'm sorry. Oh sorry for bringing it up. Trigger warning. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah. So um, it's also about how we need to short circuit the system sometimes, you know, to shock the system, like, like to think about the fact that what else is out there, to look at what is not normal, what is not the 
always being seen by the society and the system to shock it to go through a short circuit literally to see that queer voices exist queer films exist Alfian is listening to this right now going yup that's a better definition <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go with that actually <laughs> while you were explaining I texted him and I asked him so where, as and when we do have like an official comeback on that we will um, we might include it as a note as a footnote in, <laughs> in the our, comment in section or something yeah. yeah if not let's take it as Daryl's answer the new, is the official short Because it's the seventh statement. edition. From here on, this will be the, the meaning. Yeah, so whatever you say goes. All right. Bye, our fan. Love it. <laughs> I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG Boys. Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.